Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 68, recorded September 18th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, family owned locksmith to close after nearly 90 years, Bosnian Bill rebranded, Rune taking a break, layered bike security, teaching politicians to pick locks, 3D printing a bump key, making keys on a four axis mill, how firefighters deal with locks, Mog's lock sport journey. Another criminal actually caught picking a lock, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find the Podcasting 2.0 compatible app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and the links I can post in there. But you can always find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. Just one quick announcement or thank you before I get started. Thank you to Beach Grove Joe. For letting me know that the activation system, the new account activation system on LockyAwards.net was not working properly. The activation email had a link for a dead page. So I was able to get that fixed up right away. Thanks for letting me know about that. And for any of the others of you who might have tried to register over there but were unable to get through it, should be working now. I saw a few attempted account creations on there that didn't go through. So if you tried and you were unable, you can now. Although there's not much of a reason to do so because there's no nominations or voting active until the beginning of the new year. First up in the news, I wanted to get some feedback from you guys on an article that I found by Quickly Locksmith in Miami. Three signs your locks have been tampered with and what to do. They say there are a number of tactics intruders use to gain access to homes in Miami, but there are a few that are more common than others. Being aware of these tactics is the first step in keeping your home, loved one's possessions safer. Here is what to look out for to determine whether your locks have been tampered with. The first method they mention, of course, is brute force, but the comment on that is what I wanted some feedback on. They say brute force isn't as common because it often is the loudest and messiest, but intruders do still resort to this method. They continue to say, look out for warped or broken doors or windows, bent deadbolts or latches, and scratches that could indicate a lock was loosened, moved, and tightened again. It should be said that intruders generally don't take the time to attach a lock again unless they know for certain you won't be home for hours. I don't know. In all the stories that I have read through for this lock-picking criminal section that I do, it appears to me that the brute force method is actually a lot more common than lock-picking. Actually, the unlocked doors or windows is the most common method of entry, and then brute force being next, followed by potential cases of other lock manipulation techniques. So, to me, this this seems weird, and I have never actually heard, in the stories I've read anyway, of a criminal reattaching, you know, taking a lock off and then reattaching it. Just seems like a weird start to this article. They go on to mention lock bumping which is a technique that's been around for a long time and and is common knowledge to a lot of criminals. But what's interesting is they seem to think that is apparently the most common method. Then they say lock picking is the other most common method for accessing a home and that it's also the most difficult to find physical signs of. 
Anyway, just seems strange to me that they would put that there. I think the most common method is probably that people forget to lock something from what I've read. But anyway, then they do uh, give some tips on what you can do to increase your security and basically the install security system is what they're recommending. Anyway, just wanted to get some feedback on that from all of you. What do you think? What are what happens in your areas of the world because I don't know everything, but here in the states where Miami is here in the states, I haven't seen very many news articles that, that would indicate that bumping or or picking out do brute force. Anyway, let me know what you think. Next up is a bit of a sad company, Metor and company locksmith to close after nearly 90 years of operation. This is from WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia, written by Brittany Morgan. The article quotes Buck Washburn, vice president at Metter and Company Locksmith. He says, the decision to close the company, it was a lot like unplugging life support from a family member. And they say that after 90 years of service, the family locksmith business will close its doors for the final time on Friday, September 17th. Washburn is also quoted as saying, a lot of the reason is just with the pandemic and finances. Aside from that, there's other things in the industry that have just doled down the amount of money that you can get. We were really seeing the signs when work was slow and we were pretty much out of our savings. It's time to just put an end to it. Looks like the business was only owned by two families in its entire history. In the article, Washburn is quoted as saying, In 1982, my father was working for Metter and Company, a locksmith, and was offered the opportunity to take over the business. He would bring me in, teach me the trade. Any customers that we had that were within walking distance, he would take me to the job and drop me off and say, It's something that I've been showing you how to do, so you go ahead and you go in and do it. Washburn says he will continue as a locksmith, but he feels he is leaving the key to his heart in this particular business. He says, anything in my life that would be considered a milestone took place in the shop. When I told my parents I was going to propose to my wife, it happened at the shop. When I told my parents that I was going to have my first son, it happened at the shop. Most people would say that our milestones happen around the dinner table at home. My dinner table was Metter and Company Locksmith. So sad story. I always hate seeing family-owned local businesses shut down. But if you want to go over to the link in the show notes, attached to the article is a video. And in that, you can get a glimpse of a really cool old hand crank key machine. So if you're curious, that might be worth checking out. And you can read the article in full while you're there. And over on the subreddit, Cabernet2H2O Put up a post that said Bosnian Bill just rebranded his YouTube channel. It is now named Lock Lab with a new logo. Hopefully, this is a good sign and that he has some exciting plans in the works. And there were a couple of comments on that that got me even more curious. It says, For me, some uploads show up as Bosnian Bill and others as Bill. It does show the Lock Lab branding and handle on the channel page when I click either, probably just YouTube app being weird. And then somebody else pointed out that his uh, new logo is kind of a mirror image of the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. logo. It's interesting. So if you do a search for Bosnian Bill, you come up with the channel with that logo called Bill. You click on the link and it takes you to the channel, which is called Lock Lab. Also, if I do a search for Bosnian Bill on Google, 
His videos come up with the new logo, but with the name build, not the Lock Lab channel logo or Bosnian build name. So kind of strange. Not sure what's going on there. If he changed the names too quickly in succession or something and YouTube got confused, but definitely some confusion going on there. But if you're not able to find the Bosnian build channel, this is why he has rebranded it. And you will either find build or lock lab. Also, in the speedlocks.org Discord, there was a post by Rune on September 15th that said, As of recently, some very personal things have happened in my life that will require my full attention. Because of this, I will not have time for Locksport and will be stepping away from lockpicking and speed locks for a while. I don't know how long I will be gone, but I will try to make some vids as time allows. With that being said, that also means that I will regrettably have to cancel the tournament. I am sorry for any that I have let down and hope you understand. But then very shortly after, there was an updated post from Reed. said, sorry everyone, the tournament is still on. We will be having the other moderators not actively in the tournament checking times. So for all of you in the tournament, be reassured that the tournament is apparently still continuing, but it will not be run by Rune, and hopefully everything goes well with Rune's personal issues, and he will have a chance to come back and have some fun picking locks with us all again. And Aaron Hamlin on Twitter posted, My layered bike security draft is in approximately 19 pages. If you're in the Locksport community or a bike enthusiast, DM me for a link to give early feedback. And then he updated a little bit later that said now up to 21 pages. I will have a link in the show notes to that tweet in case you want to go over there and see if you can get an early draft copy to give him some feedback. It's not something I will be doing, so I didn't bother to DM him to get a copy, so I don't know what all is in there. I just don't have time to deal with that at the moment, so I will leave it up to you guys if you're interested to head over and help him out some. Then apparently, Des Moines Locksport taught politicians and staff how to pick locks. So it was a tweet from Des Moines Locksport on Twitter said, It was an interesting day that when we taught a few hundred politicians and their staff how to pick locks. And attached to that tweet was a picture from Paul D. Pate, Iowa Secretary of State, that read, Dear the Open Organization of Lock Pickers slash Tool, I wanted to send my sincere thanks for partnering with my office and the National Association of Secretaries of State for the NASS 2021 Summer Conference in Des Moines. We received numerous compliments on Iowa's hospitality, how well the conference went, and how much everyone appreciated the events. That would not have been possible with the generous contributions from your company. I think that should have been, that would not have been possible without. Anyway. Says, we greatly appreciate you helping us conduct this great event and hope to work with you again in the future. So that's very cool. And I thought, I wonder how that came about. So I replied to the post, very cool. Care to provide background info? How did you end up at that conference? The reply came back, it's a regular conference, but it's hosted by a different secretary each year. This year it was hosted in Des Moines and they asked us to participate during the Hacking Demystified half-day event to kick off the con. Definitely a different crowd, still fun though. So anyway, I thought that was very cool and a different crowd to teach to, but definitely a crowd that probably should know what Locksport is actually all about so they don't just have an knee-jerk reaction and make laws or or do other things to try to stifle it. And back on the Reddit, Colty Mac 226 
put up a post that said, 3D printed a bump key, then duplicated it in metal at an automated minute key kiosk. And they have a picture of a 3D printed Schlage style key with a bump key bidding, but it's in a clear plastic. And then the blade was actually darkened with, it appears, Sharpie. And from the comments, it sounds like that the automated kiosk couldn't copy the original clear only version. So colored it in with Sharpie to give it something to read to make a good copy. And the picture also includes a picture of the copy. Pretty cool idea. And I wonder how well that would work with the keys that I have impressioned. Because one thing about impression keys is the act of impressioning could potentially weaken the key. That's why they break sometimes. So is it a good idea to use a use an impressioned key long term? No. So maybe this would be a quick option for those of us without a locksmith that's willing to make us a copy for a of an impression key. We could just take it down and if it's common blank, have it done at the minute kiosk. Anyway, just a thought. And back over on Twitter, Naomi Wu put up a post that said, get my keys cut at a locksmith like a peasant. One shot with the Carvera 4-axis mill with tool changer by Makira Inc. Cool picture showing that she managed to mill out Schlage key from a piece of brass and made a uh, complete code cut Schlage key. Complete with the key profile and everything out of just a piece of metal. So anyway, I thought that was really cool. An interesting way to make a key, probably not the most efficient way, but if you're trying to make a key from a photograph and it's a restricted blank, that might be a way to get it done. And now we'll bounce right back to the subreddit where Easily Confused 13 put up a post called Lego Combination Lock Safe with Visible Mechanism. And it's a short little video demonstrating this little combination lock built out of Lego pieces. And when you unlock it, a little storage container on the back comes out. So you can dump out your little, in this case, Lego pieces that were stored in there. It's not very big, but it's a very cool visible combination lock mechanism. And I think it would be a good tutorial for teaching how combination locks work. And in the comments, Easily Confused said, here's a link to the tutorial I copied. Like with all my builds, I did not have all the parts I needed, so I modified, improvised, and winged it for the rest. You can do the same if you do not have all the parts. This should get you started, and it's the link to the original video that they followed. So I think that was a really interesting project, worth noting. Also on the Reddit, the not-so-civil engineer put up a post, said, made a laminated padlock and posted a short video demonstrating it. Mr. Picker commented, Awesome stuff as always. What kind of core inside? Not that it matters. You can probably throw any either master or American core in it. And the not so civil engineer came back and said that it's currently an American core, but has some plans to possibly make it so that there's multiple cores back to back and a long key and one lock. So that would be an interesting piece of engineering. So definitely keep an eye out for what comes up with next. And we have an update on Brummy's Corbin lock. Starlock did the draw for who will receive it next, and I won. So I will be the next person to attempt Cor Brummy's Corbin lock. So please wish me luck. 
I will probably need all I can get. I'm not picking that much right now, so I'm probably quite rusty, and this is going to be quite the challenge. And then while I was over checking out Aaron Hamlin's Twitter for the bike security paper that he wrote, I saw another set of tweets he had put out where he said, it's interesting to see how different professions solve lock problems. Firefighters are a good one. What they call irons work involves using wedges and pounding tools. Note how they also go after the hasps holding the padlocks. And the tweet provides a link to a YouTube video of firefighters demonstrating how they open padlocked items. Thought that was interesting. And he also said, here's another one, this time firefighters attacking door cylinders. Notice the use of a K or R tool where a sort of shim goes behind the front mount of the lock. Then another wedge and lever tool is used to pull out the entire lock with a link to another YouTube video with some good points about why they don't just break glass and then goes into demonstrating how they remove uh, locks and get through locked doors. So definitely worth checking out. Very educational on brute force entry techniques that the fire department would use. Moving on to meetups, we have one new one to announce this week. Longhorn Lockpicking Club meeting September 25th, 7 to 9 p.m. at Beechcraft Beer in Austin, Texas. The others are going to be the same. I'll go through them real quick. Lockfest 2021, September 25th to 26th, Hotel Thermal, Czech Republic. Shellcon, October 8th and 9th, virtual meetup, but they do have a virtual lockpicking village. St. Con, October 18th through the 22nd, Utah Valley Convention Center, Provo, Utah, lockpicking lawyer, keynote speaker, and I think Rubber Band was going to be there with some of his merchandise. They have uh, put out an update that they now have the schedule out for each day of the week, so you can check that out. The Master Locksmith Association Expo 21, October 22nd through the 24th, Telford International Center in Telford, UK. And Lock Camp, November 12th through the 14th, Lockhart State Park, Lockhart, Texas. Check it out if you're going to be in the area. Tickets are $100 last time I checked. It's time to take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this episode possible, and I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone who helps me out with the show. All of you that have sent in information, shared the show, commented, sent in notes of encouragement, donated, subscribed on Patreon, whatever you've done to help out I really, really do appreciate it. Um, many of you have done so behind the scenes without getting listed credits in the, the show, um, partly because there's only limited space. It takes enough time to do these credits, and I see people skip most of them anyway. So anyway, I'm going to go through this week's, uh, and thank you to my latest uh, Patreon subscriber. He's subscribed at the level that is below what gets a credit on the show, and I didn't ask if he wanted to be thanked on the show once or wanted to remain anonymous so i'm just gonna skip that for now you know who you are if you want me to shout you out on the show once for joining patreon just uh drop me a note and i will do so and with that producers for this episode include all of the patreon subscribers including meddler panda frog michael gilchrist starlock williams brain dave to be deciphered pat from uncensored tactical ph picker three raccoons in a coat Sherelle. Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, Real Tater, and the chief content producer for this episode, probably no big surprise, it's Terrell, aka Anthony on Twitter. Other content producers for this episode are Beach Grove Joe, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, 
Good Guy, aka B&E A to Z, Holly, Ifisk, Jimmy Longs, Joshua Gonzalez, Lock Kraken, Mog, Pocket Woman, Rune, Sec Philometh, Cisco Spaceman, Starlock, Tony Vrelli of 3D Locksport, and Vent. Thank you to all of you for helping to make this episode possible. And just remember, everyone, that this show is only possible because of the information and support from the community. So if you value this podcast, please help return some of that value by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related that you think the rest of the community might want to know about. Remember, not everybody is in the Discord, not everybody is on Reddit, not everybody is in the Facebook groups or on YouTube. So some people know things that they think are common that the other parts of the community don't, and it would be good if we can share them all with everyone. So you can send them in to me, any of the methods in the show notes or at thelocksportscast.com slash support. You can find all the different ways to support the show and contact me. Don't forget to share the show with your lockpicking friends in person or online. Either way helps. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform if they have that feature or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey would be appreciated. Subscribe to the video version of the podcast on YouTube or Odyssey. And if you want a video version of the actual podcast on your podcast app, if it supports video, I can uh, walk you through how to get that working. I have managed to do it for myself. Also, you can do the audio-only version on your podcast app. You can also donate via PayPal or subscribe on Patreon. If you do subscribe on Patreon, I try to get you each episode about a day early before everybody else does. So you can go to thelocksportscast.com slash support for all those different ways to support the show. If you support the show with information or a donation, I will give you credit on the show and in the show notes. So thank you very, very much. As for the state of the podcast, I'm still accepting Locksport journey stories and journey to black stories. So be sure to send those in if you have anything interesting you would like to share with the community about your journey through Locksport. If you want to send me just general feedback, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact. Feedback can be kept confidential if you want, or I can share it on the show. Your choice. If you want it shared on the show, just make sure that it is reasonable length, polite, work and family safe, not political, and not just drama. And that can be submitted in the form of a written note, video, or audio content. I will accept any of those and play them on the show if appropriate. And for a Locksport journey story, we have Mog's journey to the journey to black. It reads, I very nearly bought some starter stuff from Sparrow some years ago just because lockpicking looked like it could be fun to learn a bit about. I ended up passing on it that time for reasons I don't recall, but assume we're related to still being in school or just finished school and still broke. Fast forward to February 2021. I was catching up with a friend that I used to play Magic the Gathering with. I asked this friend what he was up to in lieu of MTG since it wasn't an option due to COVID restrictions. They told me not a whole lot, mostly just playing guitar and lockpicking. This got me pretty intrigued and reminded of that time I almost took the plunge years ago. Given the lack of a bunch of my usual hobbies and my desire to find something to do that didn't involve a computer screen, I decided now was the time to give it a try. I thought I would start by just dipping my toe in the shallow end of lockpicking, but I am no one to leave a puzzle unsolved, and that's what locks quickly became to me. Fascinating puzzles to solve. After working through the Sparrow's progressive locks in a day, I opened a master lock number three as my first real lock. I figured out a few other random locks I managed to get for reasonably cheap 
and got my first belt at Orange with an ABIS 5540. It was around this time that I discovered the LPU Discord server and came to greatly value the friendly community, brilliant pickers, and advice that it had to offer. I've been online on the server pretty much every day since then. I went on to pick an ABIS 80Ti50 for green, then an American Lock 1100 for blue, and still enjoy seeing my first challenge lock make its way around the world. At this point, I had come to acquire more locks than I had time to pick and enough tools to match, whether for picking or lock making or otherwise. Needless to say, I ended up well in the deep end of the hobby and knew I wasn't stopping at blue. Even with these ambitions, though, the first lock I failed to pick was somewhere along the way working my way up through those earlier belts. I got some quick set from the local hardware store, expecting to make quick work of it, since, you know, lol, quick set. Turns out I had gotten myself a smart key Gen 3, and this was the lock that taught me how important it is to truly understand the lock you intend to pick. I decided that was a lock to save for another time, given what I'd learned about it. I started getting into dimple locks around the time I got blue and went on to pick the ABUS XP2 and Sergeant Signature LFIC for my purple belt. Insert Pepperidge Farms meme here about picking to both shear lines in one take. I also started to learn about disc detainer locks shortly after the dimples and managed to pick up an Anchor Loss 810-1 DD lock with a custom tool which I intended to use for red. I picked up the Matura C55 shortly after, which I hope to use for my other red lock since it got belted, but it seems I started picking black locks before that happened. C55 is probably still my favorite lock that I own and will likely be for a good long while, or at least until I receive that sweet, sweet looking Diggs Alpha lock. It does look like a beautiful lock, doesn't it? Ugh. Anyway. At this point in time, I had what I expected to be a red belt submission ready, and so I figured the next logical step was to play with some black lock. I decided to give the Miwa U9 a try, but after about a month and probably something like 80 hours of obsessively picking only that lock, I just couldn't get it open. And this was the second and so far last lock that I decided I ought to save for another time after deciding I'd open it. I put it that way because I was 110% sure that if I put enough time into any lock, I'd get it open. I still think that, but the difference is that I've now realized I'm not willing to put the required time into certain points for certain locks. The U9 was one of those locks. It was the second lock that I gave up on. Deciding I needed to take a break from the U9, or give up as it felt, was kind of hard for me to admit to myself, which is probably also part of why I picked it for so long. It was the first lock that I failed to pick even after substantial effort, and I knew what I was getting into. At the end of the day, though, I wasn't having so much fun with the U9 anymore, so I'm happy with this choice. I ended up taking a bit of a break from going hard on picking at this point, and over the next couple of months just picked about one orange through blue lock a week, that I had sitting around and hadn't gotten to yet. My spark for picking hard locks was reignited at the beginning of August when Duckfax and I exchanged some locks. I had a ton of fun picking the Agent LS5 that he sent me, which is a super cool intro to HPC locks with 12 fun spool pins. After taking a break from what felt like hard picking to me, because I wasn't picking locks I needed to learn much about, 
about, this made me realize I was kind of missing it. And so I set my sights back on opening my first black lock. I had acquired a twin star recently and decided the answer to Rain asking when twin star was soon. I wanted to warm myself up for a tricky dimple lock and decided to pick the MNC move to get the confidence feeling good. It's an unbelted lock, but I guess around purple or brown. Just a super cool dimple lock with some sliders and an interactive. After the move, I set my sights on the twin star and managed to get it in a few days. I used my twin star pick with my previous anchor loss pick to finally get my red belt. Then I decided to see if my practice on the U9 could be used on an easier lock with somewhat familiar design, the stealth key. After getting the stealth key open the same week as the twin star, I decided it was time to really set my sights on black belt and figure out what I would do for the remaining requirements. And that pretty much brings us to today, where I feel I am truly in the midst of my journey to black. I intend to pick the ASA 5700 for a third black lock, which I've so far even gotten open once and just need to get a video on now. I wanted to figure out some pin tumbler type lock as well as learn barrels and twin style sidebars as part of my black belt, so I'm super proud to know that this will be one of them. I think I will do an Abloy Classic DD lock for my fourth lock, since I've had some fun with DD locks in the past. Then I intend to go on for the safe cracking quest, since I've enjoyed learning about safe cracking and look forward to really figuring the skill out. I know a lot of really experienced pickers listen to the sportscast, but for anyone less experienced or feeling down on their picking lately, I want to offer three small pieces of advice that I think have been critical to my enjoyment and success picking. First, if you aren't having fun picking for sport, then you're doing something wrong. That's not to say there won't be times of frustration, but getting the open afterwards has to be worth it. And it can be a fine decision to give up for now if it's not looking likely. Second, know the locks you intend to pick and don't shy away from the brilliant advice this amazing community can provide you. I probably wouldn't have opened any lock blue or higher without this community's support, or it at least would have taken a great amount of time longer. Third and last, patience and persistence are perhaps the most valuable tools in your picking toolbox. I still believe I can open any lock with enough time, and I believe this of all of you listening too. Thanks for listening, and happy picking, everyone. For your locksmith story, we have a story from The Daily Dot by Clara Wang titled, Target Workers Locked Out of Store After Someone Allegedly Superglued the Doors Shut. Says a viral TikTok video shows target workers standing outside the location they work at because, according to the TikToker who posted the clip, someone superglued the store doors shut. The caption on the TikTok video claims the workers were waiting outside since 3.30 a.m. that morning. The video has garnered about 7.2 million views and 762,000 likes since being posted on August 28th. The video pans over Target employees standing in front of the store and says, Locksmith finally showed up 20 minutes before the store opened. The article says that many of the 4,338 comments joked about the Target versus Walmart rivalry that has been brewing on the platform recently after Target employees jokingly took a Walmart shopping cart hostage. So another example of one of those 
glamorous jobs you might get called to as a locksmith. For our strange lock story this week, we have a story sent in by Pocket Woman. However, it was a screen grab, so I do not have a link to share with you. And some of the language in here is not friendly for this podcast, so I will alter it very slightly to clean it up. And it says, For those of you who don't know, I work at an anarchist co-op coffee shop. Apparently, all of the boys in my neighborhood have caught on to the fact that I sneak food and stuff to all the little punk kids and homeless kids at the coffee shop. There are three in particular who call me mom, not mammy, not ma, ma. The rest refer to me as miss. They've decided to always have one of the three of them there with me on night shifts, especially after they witnessed the last bad shift where I had to kick a bunch of tweakers out, said tweakers lit the bulletin board on fire. Tonight, one of the boys actually charged up a crackhead who wouldn't get out when I told him to leave. About an hour later, I was emptying bus tubs when that same lovely boy walked in and wetted a wash rag. I asked what he was doing and he told me not to worry. So I went about my business doing dishes, bussing the main dining tables, etc. I'd left a broom in the smoking room and a fresh trash bag in the bathroom for once I was done with all the dishes. When I walked out, everything was spotless and the trash had been replaced. He'd wiped all my tables, swept, mopped, and emptied all the ashtrays. He'd also picked the lock on the bathroom so his friend could take out the trash for me. Which I'm not sure whether I should scold him for, ha ha. They snuck around and did my closing shift duties to thank me for keeping them warm and fed. I'm crying. Somebody uh, using a lockpicking skill in a way they probably shouldn't, but ultimately for good. So probably not the best thing to do, but also it was a kind-hearted gesture. In lockpicking criminal news, we have a story from the Carillon called Man Carrying Knives Arrested Downtown by Jordan Ross. And it says a Winnipeg man faces a slew of weapons charges after being caught carrying knives in downtown Steinbach last week. A spokesman for the Manitoba RCMP said officers were called following a report that a man may have threatened people with a knife. After speaking with witnesses, the officers determined no threats were made. A 36-year-old man was arrested at the scene. A search of his person produced three knives. Back at the detachment, a search of his belongings yielded more knives, several BB guns resembling real firearms, and a lockpick set. The suspect was remanded into custody and charged with four counts of possession of a weapon for a dangerous purpose, one count each of carrying a concealed weapon, possessing break-in instruments, and failing to comply with probation. The next story from 1011 Now, entitled LPD Suspect Arrested After Stabbing Man in Back Following Argument over bicycle. This is out of Lincoln, Nebraska. Says investigators with Lincoln Police Department have arrested a man they believe assaulted another man this week south of downtown. The initial incident happened around 1:30 a.m. when police were dispatched for a stabbing. Investigators said they were able to contact the victim after medical treatment, and the 20-year-old man explained that he confronted a man about a bicycle he took from him. He claims after a fight, the suspect assaulted and stabbed him in the back. Around 9.30 a.m. on Monday, police say they made contact with the suspect near 10th and C Streets, where police were called to the area in reference to a fight. LPD said officers found him using lockpicking tools to pick the lock of an apartment door that he did not have permission to enter. 
The man was arrested in reference to an outstanding warrant. LPD said during a search of his person, officers found a glass pipe with methamphetamine residue. According to police, he was arrested for his warrant, possession of a controlled substance, and possession of burglary tools. After being interviewed by investigators at the jail, police said the man was arrested for first-degree assault and use of a deadly weapon to commit a felony. The victim remains hospitalized, but police say his injuries are not life-threatening. So there you are, another extremely rare case of a criminal being caught in the act of attempting to pick a lock. Those are actually very rare, but they do happen. Sales this week, we have the Peterson 20% off purchase of $60 or more with a code which will be in the show notes because it's a bunch of gibberish. That one expires September 24th, 2021. Also, Matt's Lockpick is having a sale on all picks on the site. I don't know when that sale ends, but you can find it at mattslockpit.com. Also, it was posted in the LPU Discord sales section that Sergeant and Greenleaf 6730-100 Safe Lock Kit by Sergeant and Greenleaf is on Woot for $77.44 instead of the normal Amazon price of about $89. Looks like it ends September 28th-ish or when it's sold out, and there will be a link in the show notes in case you wanted to learn safe cracking and didn't have a group to safe lock yet. Invent has the new Lockmaster picks on sale, 10% off with the discount code LOCKNOOB10, good through the end of the month. Over at 3DLockSport.com, you can get 10% off with the code LSCAST10. And at Mako Locks, you can get 15% off with the code BUYMAKO that never seems to expire. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Again, no expiration, but it always seems to work. For giveaways, pretty much the same as last week. We have the two giveaways by Vent for custom handles for their new Lockmaster Lockpicks. One set by Ratyoke which that giveaway ends on September 24th. One set by XB Mods, that giveaway ends September 30th, 2021, both being run through Gleam.io, so links will be in the show notes. Secphilometh is doing his 100 subscriber giveaway and just posted his third video on that to his channel this week. Lock Kraken has his September 2021 giveaway. So you can go check out the link in the show notes to find out more about that. CLK Supplies has their hashtag Lockboss giveaway every week. So you can go check that out. And I am still, for the rest of this year, doing my giveaway for Packlock 100As or a gift code to hoogankeys.com. I know I'm behind on the live stream. I keep saying that every week now. It's like a broken record. But I am going to get to it. I plan to get to it within the next couple of days. We'll see. <laughs> Remember, the show is only possible because of your support. So if you're getting value of the show, please help return a little bit of that value by sending in your news leaks, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related. Please send it to me at podcast at the locksportscast.com or just look in the show notes. There's multiple different ways to contact me or you can go to the locksportscast.com slash contact and find all the different ways to get a hold of me. Thank you. And remember to keep it legal.